Today on the show, we're talking about retail therapy. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm joined with Michael, our in-house resident minimalist and millennial, and Trevor, our in-house resident almost retired person. Uh, very close. Very <laughs> close. Uh, his birthday just passed, so he's uh, three years away now. Can't get old fast enough. So uh, thank you so much for being here with us this week, everyone. We're happy to have you. And we're back at you with another episode. This one is on retail therapy. We are uh, we're referring to an awesome article by Trent Ham. It's from The Simple Dollar. We love The Simple Dollar on this podcast. We uh, we definitely mention we talk about their articles a lot. And I I'm really I'm really excited about this episode because Mike I feel like you'll have kind of a very part- a very specific or maybe particular perspective on this and and maybe Trevor yours will be a little bit different just because of of kind of where where you come from and how you view kind of spending and and, and shopping. Yeah, Mike is a re- retail therapy junkie, I believe. <laughs> I might have him. Re- I might, might read him wrong. Mike, you love it, love right? It. I get a I get a high off of it. So, sounds like the mic we know. So um, I I want to start off with just kind of breaking through what kind of the idea that retail shopping means. So when I when I I mean Trevor sent Trevor found this article. He sent it to me. He's like check this article out. And as soon as I looked at it, it's just the title. I was like, this is gonna be about shopping for clothes or shopping for. I don't know. I always think of clothes. I mean, but they went on to talk about how shopping for books, shopping for electronics, shopping for kind of like, I mean, Trevor, Mike, you guys have probably walked into a bookstore and wanted to buy every single book on the shelf. You know, I get more excited about going to the library than to do a bookstore. When I go to a bookstore, I'm always just floored at the price of books. They are outrageously expensive. No, the problem I have with books is I never know what to do with them. Once I've read them, like, do you just, what do you do with it after? Spoken like a yeah. real minimalist. No, that that is so true because it, once you've read it, it, it it's some books are reference books that you're going to reach for the shelf all the time and read it. But just say, a, okay, let's take a book like The Minimalist. I, I really like the books they've put out. And is that one of those books that you need to reread? Okay, so Mike, you don't because you're a minimalist at the core. But is is... That a book I need to reread, or Courtney, you need to reread just to 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 reorient yourself with the concept of minimalism. Is having so would you having keep heard the story? Reason? I think it's one of those ones where you'd want to go back and reread it. Like you, I, I think you get appreciation out of it every time. Like I've seen their um, I've seen their movie a couple of times. I've seen their um, like their TED Talk type things a couple of times, and every time I'm uh, equally inspired. So I'd say yeah, I think it's something like every time you're gonna want to keep reading it. Like it would be worth having. So I'm saying a nonfiction book, so we kind of got on a tangent here, but a nonfiction book is probably one that's worth owning. But, but you know, you can go to your library and check that same book out a dozen times. And the older the book is, the more likely but, it's going to be with still available in the library. one, I think you're always going to have it where you, like, like you never know when you're going to need to reference it. So how annoying would that be if, say, you're building something out of that book and then all of a sudden you need to reference it again and, oh, I got to go all the way to the library to go do that. Like, that would be annoying. Okay, we're talking about, we're talking about two yeah. kinds of books. So you're talking about um, uh, an inspirational book or a reference book. 
words. So, you know, you, you got a pretty good idea when you need a, a dose of inspiration. Yeah, right? that's true. Whereas a reference book, hopefully, you know, if you're planning a project, you can go get that book. But anyway, we're, we're off on a tangent. I was going to say, I feel like our listeners are going to soon forget what, uh, what the topic is today. So no, there could be a topic on books. Well, you know, show. we did, Trevor, you did an episode way back in the day on how I consume books and that was pretty well received. So we could always revisit this. Let us let's know. Put it, on put it on the calendar. Let us know too. <laughs> books. Books. Uh, to our listeners, let us know if, uh, if, if this is an episode you'd be interested in and, and maybe kind of things you'd like us to talk about when we do revisit it. So back to the article. So something else I didn't think of that some people kind of maybe get high high on doing is shopping at hardware stores so a little thing uh, a store if anyone knows about anyone in Canada or Ontario I'm not sure where it is but Princess Auto it's this like it's this kind of automated hardware store and I love shopping there and I always want to buy like I was in it when I used to go there I used to leave with like hammers and 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 things I was in kind of into jewelry making back then but I, I mean Trevor and Mike you guys are into tools and 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 things like that is as do you oh do you find yourself kind of buying things like that when you go to the stores you guys like to go to I can't stand gadgets I'll, t- I'll tell you what the no I'll tell you what the thing about Princess Auto is it's not innovative they don't have innovative tools they don't have um, things you can't get anywhere else all they have is low cost made in China tools and when people leave the store they say I can't believe I got this for this much money they're not saying I found something I've never seen before you know so it's it there's nothing innovative there they just have low cost inventory and and anyone sh- you know some people the retail therapy for some people the high is getting a deal would- whether they needed whether they needed the, the, that thing or not the fact that they got it for a, a crazy low price that's the retail place like and, and Costco. I wonder, because uh, like, I mean, obviously you're getting good prices, but do you think a bit of that is the rush of like all the people there? Like you feel like you're competing with them? So I don't have a Costco membership and I don't because if you've ever seen the layout of a Costco store and I've been in it just as a visitor and you have to walk by all the, you know, 65 inch TVs, all the electronics, printers, cameras, uh, Bluetooth speakers, you got to walk by all that electronic stuff to get to the food. Well, everyone, anyone who's listening to podcasts know I, I have a, a horrible weakness for electronic gadgets. No, I, I'm, you? I'm, I'm able to control it through the help of my wife. <laughs> but but I, I can control it. But if I went to a store like Costco, I'm sorry, but every money, all the money I'm going to save on the food aisle, most people are going to spend it on the, the consumer goods aisles. So to Mike's point, uh, and and I have another problem: <laughs> these soap boxes. I gotta get them. Mike, out Mike, of, Mike, out do of you this feel room. like a therapist yet? No, How no. Do you feel the, about that? The problem with Costco is, I have a problem having to give somebody my money, saying, "Here's a hundred dollars, or what, I don't think it's sixty dollars. Can I please shop in your store?" That's really what they're asking you to do to buy a membership, right? Am I am I getting that wrong? No, that's right. So anyway, well, I don't know where you're going with the Costco thing, but <laughs> tell I just, tell us how you really feel about Costco. No, I was I was just thinking like the fact that like we were saying with Princess Auto, you get the like the high of getting um getting a good deal. So with Costco, I mean you're getting that good deal, but then also you're competing with a whole bunch of other people to try to get all that stuff before everybody else does. So like I feel like that's got to be like even bigger than like going to Princess Auto or something like that. That um 
why people keep wanting to go back to places like that. And and the thing about Costco, to your point, Mike, is it it caters to, so Princess Auto, I'm going to stereotype, it kind of caters to men mostly. So, but Prince, uh, 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 Costco can, caters to the whole family. So you can take your whole family there and they can all fall in love with something they want to buy. And, and the, the, it could be just a, a dumpster fire of a train wreck in, in terms of what it's going to do to your finances. And I'm not saying you, there's not money to be saved. I'm not knocking Costco. I, there's money to be saved at Costco for sure. But... You have to have the control, the self-restraint to not you justify lose your buying mind. more because the it, it seems like it's uh like you can't pass up the deal. And, and you know the the one thing they do they they create this sense of scarcity in, in that in Costco if you see something there, it, it, it's it's it, they only have limited quantities of, of the say furniture they're selling. They they, they don't you can't go in is see something today and come back two years later and say, okay, I want to get that now. They, they buy, I guess, lots of things and they, it's limited time. You can buy this, this item and then it's gone, gone forever. And they'll replace it with something else. So they, they've created a sense of scarcity, which makes people, you know, creates a frenzy, right? People don't want to miss this, whatever they're shopping for. So to, to get back to the article. So the, in, in the article, it says that, so you find something that looks fun and you buy it. The whole process feels like a big rush and it really does elevate your mood. So I want to stop there and, and, and kind of talk about that mood elevation. So have either of you two kind of succumbed to, to buying something and, or ever noticed that your mood was elevated after buying something? Forget if you were kind of, forget what, why you went to go buy it. Have you ever experienced that feeling? So you talked about clothes shopping. I find clothes shopping incredibly stressful. Yes, I was just thinking that. I know you've told me. I was thinking, raise your mood. I'm ready to just fall asleep. Like getting home safely is is, is effort, like, because I'm so tired by that point. Yeah, because I find, you know, is it the right size? Is it going to shrink? Do I like the color? Is it going to match this? Is it going to match that? And I just, I find shopping in general stressful it's in life you're forced to make a lot of decisions uh that you have to make in my mind going shopping you're you're voluntarily imposing decision making on yourself do you guys see that or i think so i I mean i got shirts that are eight years old that i keep wearing because i don't want to go buy new ones and make decisions on what my new shirt should look like well i know mike you told me uh just after Christmas that you got some clothes for yes. Christmas. Every, <laughs> every what, Christmas, what you, it's like um, my parents are uh, trying to do the, uh, keep the Child Humane Society happy by giving us clothes. Like I know a couple of Christmas ago, I got a, a new winter jacket and then I got some new t-shirts. Uh, every year, it's just like, let's keep the, the Children's Humane Society happy. <laughs> but I remember what you said though, is you appreciated the clothes because not not as much as for the clothes as the is you don't have to go yes, shopping. Yes, yes, that's them. so true. Like it, it's it, I don't have to worry about that burden. The clothes Someone were great for me. Actually, I take my sister whenever I need to actually go shopping. I'll take her because then she can pick everything out, and then that's half the stress there. I just got to worry about is it gonna fit. And but just for perspective, I remember you said the clothes were great, but not having to go shopping for these clothes was even better. Yes, yeah. 
And, and so when we when we're talking about retail therapy, uh, there's people in this world that are that that see the world so differently. Like, could you imagine? But what someone what going about, shopping if, to relieve stress? If you were going to go shop for an Apple product or like a set of Bluetooth headphones, would you feel the same way about that? Like would would you would you be you know, if exhausted you asked, about the decision or would you be excited about that decision? No, it's the same thing. If if you if you were to ask my wife, if she were to come in here right now and say, "What what's Trevor like when he's you know looking for uh, a new iPhone?" and uh, he he is an emotional mess, is what she'd say, because he is fretting over the most minute nuances of these phones that you know, that are not going to make a difference at all. And at the end of the day, you might own this phone for four, four years, maybe five years tops in the whole scheme of your life. But I am, I, I, I struggle with the, the finest details of electronic gadgets that, that me, and end up meaning nothing at the end of the day. So no, I don't get any joy out of it. So, that's, so, a, that's a long way of saying you think no. Like, so if people get a high off of shopping and stuff when they purchase things. So do you think that that's like they, they were stressed as well in making those decisions, but then when they when they finished making that decision and they were able to physically say, I have this, they know their decision's good to go, that they they have that like there's a like very uh, notable change in stress where you go from being stressed to stress-free that causes them to get that rush. Oh, I so I want to say it, so. You're saying you feel by by giving yourself pain, more pain. When the pain goes away, you're yeah, gonna, yeah, you're gonna feel exactly, that much exactly, better. Yeah, but yeah. I I want to say that buyer's remorse is a real thing, and I I think I'm not. I I feel like a majority of people experience that. Buyer's remorse doesn't happen right well, after you you buy your um your item. It's usually like a like a couple hours later, or a couple days later. Well, you know what this article says. This this article says what people why why people go shopping is is the, the it gives them control. So if they are living a life where they feel they have no control, meaning, you know, the, at work their boss controls them. You know, at home their their kids' schedule controls them. So by going shopping, they all of a sudden have control. They get so to they want to make those choices. You know, whereas, and so they're saying that the therapy is is they get to make choices that's and, and that feels like they're in control even just for a, a small window of time so that so that's one way of so this art we'll get into it this article where the flaws are in that thinking but because it, do you guys see the the world that way no, I, I, whenever I, I don't need to be in control of something, like, uh, I'm always, I'm always willing to relinquish control. I guess, I, I guess, wait, 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 I, I take that back, actually. I'm willing to relinquish control when it's, it's something, like, it's, like, I guess it's things like that where it's, like, uh, making decisions that don't affect your overall, like, your overall life. Like, if, if I don't like the color of a shirt as much as another color or whatever, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, it's not going to be, like, I don't know. Maybe, never mind. So, uh, so I heard this podcast. Uh, I was listening to this podcast, and I, I think I want to say it was Choose Fi podcast. So, it, uh, Choose Financial Independence. It's a great podcast. Highly recommend it. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But they they had this thing about um, the guy called it kittens and crocodiles, and he said, "Imagine you came home, and this relates to retail therapy." 
Okay, so imagine you came home and you opened your front door and there was your house was just full of crocodiles and kittens. Right? And the obviously the crocodiles That'd be a very terrifying kittens. thing. He said <laughs> I know. Okay, yes. So what would be your first instinct? To add more kittens to get rid of the problem or get rid of the crocodiles? You know, what would be your first instinct? I, I oh, oh my god, are, I need to add more croc I, I need to add more kittens or to solve this <laughs> to solve this problem or I need to get rid of the crocodiles. Are we assuming the crocodiles and kittens are friends here or are the crocodiles eating the kittens? No, 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 no. No, no. The crocodiles okay, are going okay, for the okay. kittens. I I would say okay. get rid of the crocodiles. Yeah, I'd get rid of the crocodiles. Yeah, absolutely, but but what is retail Wait, what, therapy? What would happen is if you added actually, the kittens or well, you would feed the crocodiles and they would calm down for okay, a okay. short while, right? Because so they're, they're fed. So it's dealing with the short-term problem. And then, then they would get hungry okay. again. Okay. So, by, so, but most people, when they have a problem in life, like they don't feel like they have control, like this article says, they want to add kittens to the problem. You know, so that's a long way of saying, you know, retail therapy is adding kittens to the crocodile So it's problem. like, it's the whole short-term thing. So you were saying like people, um, they don't get control in situations. So they're trying, like that's their way of getting control temporarily. Like, like instead of going to the root of why they don't have control in their lives, they just go shopping and they gain control that way. Yeah. Yeah. So if, so if they have a job where they have a, you know, a boss who's unreasonable and very dominating and makes unreasonable demands and you have to deal with that every day, you, you feel like you have no control in your life at all. Or, or if you're in, in mountains of debt and you feel like you're just working to, to, to service this debt and you're not getting your head above water, going shopping is adding kittens to the problem, right? So it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think if, there's a, if, if you feel you have no control in your life, then there's an underlying problem, right? Either your perception of the, your life is is, is distorted or there, there is a the real cause control issue yeah at the end so, of the day yeah that's what that's what so so on top of control um the article goes on to say that f- the promise promise and quotes of happiness is also another factor so uh, the article talks about how many products are prom- promoted and advertises bringing happiness into your life or solving some sort of problem and um, so i've got this r- really small soapbox in here i'm just going to step on it just for a second okay it's not that big <laughs> And here's the deal. So spending money never delivers happiness. It delivers excitement. And excitement is super, super short-lived. And and people, if you look up the definition of happiness and the definition of excitement, they are so dramatically different. But buying something, a new purchase, a new thing is exciting, not happy. Okay, soapbox is gone. Now I'd have to. You guys agree? Do you guys agree yeah, with that? Yeah, I agree is that, with that. Because we talk, we've talked about before here on the show that there is a difference between kind of happiness and contentment. Like, think of a new shirt. A new shirt is that exciting or is that happy? Oh, like, exciting. Well, like, like, I'm yeah. just thinking. Like, I remember back um, in like elementary school when, um, like, a couple of days before you going back to school, you'd you'd buy a whole like new wardrobe of clothes. And for the first couple months, it was it was exciting to have it. Like you, you'd make sure you t- took care of all your clothes. You didn't want to get them dirty and stuff. But then that excitement goes away after a while where you don't care if it gets a little bit dirty or like whatever happens to it is whatever happens to it. So like I think there's like, I don't know. I, I, I can see what you mean. Like a, in, it's a good rush for a while, but then it goes away. 
Well, once that thing gets integrated in your day-to-day life, the excitement is gone. And if anything, what you've done is you've added one more thing to your life that you have to keep track of and, and, and it's going to burden you. And, and maybe it's that one article of clothing that you're going to watch deteriorate slowly over time. And maybe that's going to stress you out. Or maybe you bought one more electronic gadget that needs to be charged. You know, so it's one more thing you gotta, you got to keep track of. So I, I, think, I think buying things, it, it creates happiness in, in a moment only, actually. Not, it, it's very short But now short if lived. you need to, uh, to buy something, like if you actually have like a whole wardrobe of clothes that are full of holes and you need to actually buy new clothes because those aren't functioning i think then your happiness will actually increase because at that point you're you're fulfilling basic needs or whatever well you know so if you buy something i think the the value it can add your life is what i call its functional utility so if you buy something that has a very large functional utility meaning it it functionally helps you helps you function on a day-to-day basis it may if it doesn't bring happiness, it may remove some stress from your life. Yeah. You know, because you, you've added some comfort or some functionality to your life. So like you said, clothes with holes in them. If you replace with clothes without holes in it, well, you're going to feel You're going to be happy. Because I was, I was going to say, like, I think that, like, I think every purchase is going to, there's going to be some excitement to it. But I just think, like, I think you got to make sure that the excitement is proportional to the happiness. Like, and, and by happiness, it's actually something that's filling a necessity. And this, yeah, it's fi- filling a yeah, functional yeah, a functional need. need. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So the article goes on to saying that there's nothing wrong with wanting to solve sadness in the short term, but that the article then goes on to kind of examining ways to solve unhappiness in the short term without resorting to retail therapy. So the, again, the first, the first thing that to kind of to realize is the need for choice and control. And again, that's what Trevor was saying earlier. That is kind of, they're saying one of the reasons why we resort to retail therapy. Yeah. So if choice and control is an, is an issue in your life, meaning you, you never feel like you have any options. And I personally think choice can cause stress too too many options. I don't know about you guys, but when I have too many things to choose from, it tends to create stress in my life you know because you you're always looking saying did i choose the right one you're always you're running that pro, you guys running are that running pros and that? cons list in your head that uh like like you're, you're weighing the what's better what's worse you know one of the things you know i always like to work in an iphone thing i was thinking of getting the plus model you know the larger iphone when it, back when i got my phone and i i I wish that I stressed a long time about getting the bigger phone or the regular size phone. And I wish they, they never made the big one because I ended up not getting it. And my wife talked me out of it. And just having that choice was driving me crazy. Would this be a good time to tell our listeners that we're sponsored by Apple? Yeah, we're not though. (laughs) (laughs) If we were, it would be awesome, but we're not. We're not. We, We promise we're not. Um, so Trent Hammond's article goes on to, listing seven tactics that work for for gaining control in our lives by kind of giving us choice and and giving so we don't have to resort to retail therapy so Trenham's first of the seven is to work on personal relationships so he says that frustrating relationships in our lives can make us feel like we lack control and choice the truth is we can't control what other people think or do no matter how much we try or no matter how much we want to well i think having somebody in your life who 
is a has a controlling personality that even if they're sort of acting in your best interest but they do it in a controlling nature i don't know if you guys have ever encountered that that can be exhausting yeah no i oh, agree for sure and it- but i think it can be good like if you if you harness it in the right way i think they they can take decisions away from you as well like like as long as they're not pushing it to the extreme i think it can be helpful so, so sometimes a controlling person is so to mike's point just tell me if i'm on the right track here if you've got a, a room full of people who are are just by nature not decision makers and, and you say what do you guys want to do what do you want to do and before you know the day's passed and you've done nothing if you have that one person who likes to be in charge and could be you know also defined as a controlling person but likes to be in charge and make decisions then that group of people actually went somewhere and did something you know maybe you went to a movie or went to went to a park or went to some sort of a restaurant for dinner because that person actually made a decision so to mike's point if you take a, a controlling person and use them as an asset instead of a liability is that kind of where you were going Mike? yeah like I'm, I'm thinking as an example here uh, I know with uh, myself and my friends, we'll sit down on a Friday night and try to pick out a Netflix uh, movie and we'll scroll through Netflix for like no joke, no exaggeration, you're two hours. We will go through Netflix been there, saying, been. do you want to watch this movie? <laughs> do you want to watch this one? And none of us can make a call on it. So we end up not watching a movie. And it's like, like if we had one person who was... Uh, wanted to be a bit more controlled, make that call, then then we would be we would have watched all of Netflix by now. So I guess I agree with you. So you do need controlling. You need people in your life who are a controlling nature, but you can't let them uh, have complete control. So where you. where's that line? Like where like obviously there's yeah, there's I the other know. extreme. Because what what is the other extreme then? Like. Like that, the person's telling you well, everything other, you have to do, or yeah, you you just become subservient to this person, and you everything they say, you just you you feel you have to do, otherwise you'll so disappoint I guess, them. I guess if you can figure out like the underlying reason of why you feel like you're so committed to following that person's control, if you can get out of that uh, those handcuffs, that it would help you. Because like it, it, if that, you're worried about making so, them upset. And you're just following them because you're worried they're going to get angry at you. Well, maybe you need to deal with them being a little annoyed at you. So if you have some controlling person in your life who you respect versus somebody you fear, you know, that could be that, the That's true. That's true. Because I'm, I'm thinking people I'm okay following in their control is I usually respect them. And then people I I don't, like, if, I, if, I, if I'm worried that they're just going to, like, be mad at me lash out at me like even i guess like a boss like you're you you almost like sometimes you like and i guess like at work you know if you feel like you don't have control maybe that's why it's because you, you're almost more scared of your boss than you respect your boss well the fear is you lose yeah, your job right and then but you lose I think, your income like, i guess if if you end up figuring out like that if you, i well, i guess maybe it wouldn't be a good job but like if you have a job where you respect your boss that um you know that if you if you speak out you're not going to get fired for what you say then then that way you have a bit of control and ability to to control what you're doing and how it's being done or or if you have so, respect for your boss you'll when they ask you to do something you respect them enough that you you know they have your best interest at heart you know they're being reasonable and you you respect them enough to get that job done for them so what if you work for somebody who's incredibly intelligent but very controlling and they love to micromanage their people? You know, what if you have that boss 
So you do respect their their intelligence and their knowledge, but they want to micromanage everything you do. Yeah, because in, in that case, now fear is always going to trump over the respect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that's so, an interesting dilemma because, like, like I, I'm wondering, is there a way to get away from that where you can approach your boss and tell them, I don't want to be micromanaged? Like, I guess, could you demonstrate that? Like, could you, like, well, get ahead, say, take the initiative? Best, best way to do that is... Yeah, if you take initiative and, and, and be proactive, maybe the micromanaging goes away. But but don't forget you know, that it, that 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 employer who is controlling it's it's not easy to turn that that need and desire for control off. So if you true, if you yeah. do ask your employer to to let you have kind of more space and more trust, it's not going to be easy. It's easier said than done. But I, so you know we we talked about having a controlling person in your life. You know, if it's a friend, well, you can sort of distance yourself from that friend. If it's a relative, you can distance yourself from the relative. But if it's your boss, you can't distance yourself from it. You know, and so is this a, a, an okay time to use retail therapy? Like, is this a green light that if if this is your environment, go ahead and spend? I, I think you go to the, like, try to solve the root cause. Like, like I mean, just talking here, like, we were kind of figuring out ways I think you can work around it. Like, I, I think, I, I think, like, or find another yeah, yeah, job. Yeah, find another job. I mean, like, that's the ultimate solution, yeah, then, right? Yeah, like, but I, I think, like, you're you're just, I think, feeding the fire, fueling the fire. Like, you're you're hiding your problems if you if you're doing that. Like, uh, just retail. You're adding yeah, kittens. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, so if if you're in an environment where you have a very controlling boss, and you're using retail retail therapy as a way to deal with that, that I I say. You've got to fix the problem, and if you if you can't cor- fix the boss's behavior, you know, is there something jobs. you could do like instead of say retail therapy because that's a whole thing of gaining control? Is there a way you could get control in your life without putting so much money? Like I'm thinking, is there like an extracurricular activity you do or like a program you're part of where maybe you can be in control? Like you volunteer somewhere and you're you're the the top dog for that organization, that volunteer organization or something. You know your job; it, ta- it consumes so much of your your life that that it, like your time, that it, your 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 thing that you're describing would have to be so huge you might not even have time to do it to to, to compensate for the the, the control that's that's being true because it would almost be like work. one step forward, two steps back. Like you take one step forward with the volunteer yeah. group and then two steps back with with your work. So yeah, that's true. I and if it, if anything, it would it would just continue to highlight the 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 problem because you know when you're at this volunteer thing you're just That's happy true. as can be when you're so it'd be the two extreme opposites yeah i i do want to add something in here about kind of the control aspect and this has come from um a, a conversation with my boyfriend actually and he was talking about how we can't control other people's actions but we control our reaction so i i think in in, in this case that's really powerful that that we can't control how our boss is is acting, but we can control how we react to that. And you know the thing with it's usually it's never about you, but it's it's always a it's when somebody acts in a certain way, uh, people take it personally and they think they think it's about them. It, it never is. It's about the person demonstrating the actions. It, it's always about that person. So so in some if ways, sense. so going back to that boss, it's micromanaging do they not have enough control in their life so that's the way they're establishing control or maybe they have a they're they're 
they they're living in fear of a level above them, right? And so they feel that they need to micromanage to to make sure no mistakes happen because they're they're being controlled at it. At, at so a level then, if above. you're working like if for that boss, if you're working in a way to make them look good, then they might stop micromanaging you you less in a way, and it might improve your situation. Yeah, I guess if that's the reason yeah. they're micromanaging, but if it's just their nature, then you'll never get yeah, away from yeah. it. So, like, I guess, like, like to to your point, like, if you just work more towards finding that um, um, that root cause, like, what's what's like, what's the the fundamental reason behind why this is happening? And I think this is worth talking about because most people, the control in their life that they don't like is going to be at work. For most people, that that that's where the bulk of the the control that they don't have exists. Would you guys agree? Is that? Oh yeah, definitely. I, would agree, I mean, yeah. there are there are there are circumstances where the people kind of in your immediate life do do come into play, but I, I'd have to agree. So I want to keep moving on. So the next point here of the list of seven things that we can do instead of instead of focusing all our our need for con- our need for control on retail therapy is to kind of look inward and and one of the, the the second point here is stop worrying about the past and trevor when i think of this i think of stoicism and kind of something you really believe by yeah you know so, so a lot of there's a phrase out there you know uh if you don't rem, if you don't know your history you're doomed to repeat it and i don't believe that for, for a minute because the history never tends to repeat itself exactly the same way under the exact same circumstances there's always some other impacting event that that alters it a little bit but uh, so the big one here would be is is but i think i i i think it's important still to 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 learn from the past like 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 i agree with you you're never gonna have like the same situation where uh like the same thing's gonna apply but i think if you like if you say like i I don't know if if you're I can't think of a good example for this, but if if you're if you have it where like yeah you're not gonna get the same thing, but you might get a case similar. Like if you go again to like the root reason why that became a problem or a mistake, then you can you can look at a fundamental reason. If it was you, you were rushing, then maybe you need to not rush the next time or whatever. So I guess to your point, most of the most of the the if you read this article, they they're talking about maybe you made a mistake at work. You know, you did something wrong. And if you focus on that and just that, and you you have you don't own a time machine, so you can't go back and fix it. You, you're just you're just expending useless energy. But if you th- if you make a mistake, and then you spend all your time thinking, how can I avoid making this mistake in the future? Is that where you're going with? It? Like like yeah, I think if if you look at the the underlying reason. So I wish I could think of a good example for this. Um, well, but but so my example. So where I'm saying you yeah. made a mistake and now you're dwelling on yeah. it and you're you're, so you're beating yourself up instead over of it. beating yourself up about that past mistake. Figure out why did you make that mistake and then say, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fix that. Like and don't don't just say, oh, I you know I like um like I, I'm but 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 by doing that, but by doing what you're saying, you're actually you stop thinking about the past and now you're thinking about the future. Yes, yes, that's that's my whole thing. Yeah, yeah, is so. You've just stopped thinking about the past. The minute you say, how can I prevent this from happening in the future, then you're no longer thinking of the past. So I can't see a, 
an upside to thinking of the past. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I do want to add in that that is a hundred percent easier said than done because in the moment oh, when you, you mess up, when you, when you do something that you wish you hadn't, it, it, that's the last thing you want to be thinking. So I think that thought, that 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 little phrase, I think we can repeat that a bunch of times. How can I make sure this doesn't happen in again? Is is really powerful and takes so much practice. I mean, Trevor, have you got? Have are you perfect at that yet? Not perfect, but have you mastered that? It's taken me a long time, but I, I have. I'm going to say I've I've almost mastered it. Like from a work standpoint, when something goes wrong, I I, I quickly figure out why. And then I just, you know, I don't send emails to people telling them, you know, what went wrong. They don't care. I just put in place, you know, checks and balances to make sure it never happens like, again. I know um, and, I always get excited for, for the next time. Like I almost want to start moving forward because I'm getting excited to, I want to implement this, this, my new learned thing from that mistake. Like, And that's, no, and that is you. definitely, Mike, that's a good way to really fuel that that energy, that, that, that excitement that you're feeling in that moment into a more positive, constructive use. But to your point, Courtney, it's way easier said than done without question. It is so, it, it's so easy to say and it's in the moment, it is really hard to do. So I, I want to move on to the next point here and it's don't worry about the future either. So this is my Achilles heel is that I'm, here's what I do. I, I always, I, I work myself up into a, just a frenzy thinking of all the worst case scenarios and they never, they never, ever, ever come true. You know, if one of them does, it, it would be just slightly, but I always run in my wife drives, it drives her crazy when I, I start coming up with all the worst case scenarios, well, you know, and I don't know why I do this, but do you guys struggle? Yeah. With yeah I, I know if, if I have to deal with the situation, I, I, that's not ideal. I'm just running through all uh, the worst case things in my head and like, like how awful it's going to be. Like I know at work I've had, you know, like I got to deal with a problem the next day. I, I almost can't sleep because I'm thinking about all, all the worst case problems. And, and then you end up dealing with the next day. Like why, why was I, why was I losing sleep over that? So, so he, Tim, I don't know, Tim Ferriss, he has a podcast I listen to all the time and he has a phrase. He asks, he does, he, this, he asks himself this question all the time. What would this look like if it were easy? You know, and, and that's the, how he kind of channels his thoughts into thinking about something that an upcoming thing that's going to be stressful. Like, say he has to do a public speaking engagement. He says, "What will what would this look like if, if it was going to be easy?" And he he just keeps repeating that mantra in his head over and over. And I've tried it, and it 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 does help refocus your thinking. It, but you have so for me, I have is, to keep repeating. That's it not over really and like. Over. Like, like I guess you're obviously not working to solve the problem, but like it's just to kind of alleviate the amount of stress you have towards that upcoming thing. Well, it's almost like a, a meditation kind of thing. You, you just keep it's repeating in your head, it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. And you keep trying to visualize what, what that thing will look like in its easiest form. So the next point in our list of seven for what we can actually do to kind of gain that control we would have see, sought out through retail shopping is get a really good night of sleep. And and this, this I think is so important because if you listen to our last episode, Trevor talked about how in, in World, World War One. 
Yeah. World, World War One sleep deprivation so, was up on the list of of uh, so, terror so horrors. In, about, in all the atrocities that happened to soldiers in World War One, you know the gas attacks and uh, bombs and machine guns and uh, all sorts of rats and stuff infested trenches. And one thing that always makes the list was sleep deprivation. And the problem with a with without getting a good night's sleep is you just make bad decisions and they just stack up on top of each other. You make bad eating decisions. You, you tend to seek out the, you know, the, the laziest or, or the path of least resistance all the time. Like you just, your energy is, is you make bad exercise decisions and you, you tend and you, to communicate. And you, definitely, and, and you definitely lose control. You lose a little bit of control over and self-control over maybe should I spend my money on some retail therapy? Yeah, you're you're weak. You're you're mentally weak when you don't have a sleep. You're going to make bad decisions. It's just a fact. So the second last in the category of things we can do instead of retail shop is go for a walk in nature. And this is so powerful because I, if I don't know about you two, but I know at the second if I'm kind of feeling like I'm losing control, I'll step outside and just take some deep breaths as I walk, and it really helps. Even just even in, not even in nature, just outside. So the last one in this category is to have a repertoire of little happiness activities. So uh, Trenham describes this as everyone has little things in their lives that brings them a little burst of happiness. Um, so for you, it's just ha- you have to identify your own. Do you guys? So uh, one example so, here is listening, listening to kind of an up, upbeat music or, or reading a good book or, or doing something that kind of jumps your happiness. So for me, I, I listen to podcasts. I really do uh, inspirational podcasts, and that—that's my uh, my little uh, happiness activity. Do you have any? You have do you have any recommendations for, or what podcast do you listen to? Well, I listen to this one, as it turns out. Plug, 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 <laughs> plug. Very inspirational. Actually, one I listen to, I really that like. That Trevor, he's just—it's—it's <laughs> it's called the Good Life Project by Jonathan Fields, and also the Minimalist podcast is actually very inspirational, and. I don't know, those, uh, whenever, I, I mean, I don't need happiness pills a lot, but w- those are my pills that sort of pick me up. And Mike, do you have anything that you do? Uh, I like I like to run. I find that uh, very therapeutic. I, I almost run more for like the, the mind thing than um than the physical exercise. But I also, I like to do, um I'll call it like a thought experiment. I like to kind of, like whatever is bothering me, I like to stop and, and think about what is it that's bothering me. And I like I don't just stop at like like kind of like our, our cat analogy, whatever uh whatever the kittens are, you know. I don't just stop with that. I try to get down to to like the root cause of it. And 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 I usually when I do get to that point, it's usually that aha moment. And when whenever I figure that out, I feel a lot better after and and I, so I guess I kind of I try to get to this like I try to smother the fire in a way. So where do you do these thought experiments? Like what kind of uh, um, so you know where so like, where do you if something like I guess like like almost with the whole like losing control or um, if something at work bothers me or uh, whatever it is instead of just saying like oh that's annoying and just kind of bottling that up. I'll I'll take the time maybe on my walk home maybe when I like whenever I have, I have some time and and I'll I'll stop and think about it. I usually try to try to do that pretty soon after I've I've noticed that feeling and I so I try to catch it and then deal with it and in that way I'm not just put, like 
bottling it all up to a point where I can't fit anymore in the bottle and uh, it comes out that I'm, I'm doing silly things like so I just try to I try to figure out what's going wrong and uh, it, it but but uh, but do you need to be in a, a different physical space or do you need to be removed from uh, people like usually when is well, the I most do you write anything so, down so or is it all going to be in your head is, yeah, is when you're removed away from people and yeah I just I just think it through um, I don't write it down or anything, but like I, I usually people distract you and I guess the more you're doing, I find the more distracted I am. But I mean, even if like, yeah, I, so I guess that, that's probably the best thing is, is when I'm, I'm away from people, not, not doing too much and just, you stop and think about it. So are you able to, are you able to, if you have them, if something happens, are you able to kind of reassure yourself that, you know what, set this aside, I'm going to think about this um, when I have a chance or, or are you kind of debilitated until you have that moment to kind of do your, th- do your thinking? Uh, I don't know. It depends, I guess, a bit on both, but usually I think it's going to, it's, it's that thing where it, it'll keep in the back of your mind. And then, yeah, when, when you are walking home from work or uh, like whenever you do have a free moment, then, then you're kind of trying to tackle that problem. When you get to the aha moment, does that not, does it, is it not, does it, so it, is it always kind of the sigh of relief or this aha moment kind of, is it more positive or when you get to the root of it, do you ever kind of, does it ever make you more angry because that is the no, problem? If, if I get more angry because of it, it means I haven't reached the root of the problem because that, that, that just means that it's, you've gotten through a few of the kittens and you need to get a f- bit farther through them, the rest of them. Like to me, whenever yeah you do get to the solution, you, you're, you're just completely relieved. You you know that you you actually that it makes 100% sense. You got full clarity. Mic drop. That's that's really powerful, Mike. That's uh, that's something I'm gonna implement into my own life. Yeah, I like that myself. Well, that's it of the. No kidding. This is not the end of the episode. Um. So to to continue on. So another reason we retail shop is for a desire for lasting happiness. So. There, so there, there's more ways to kind of find that happiness. Trent Ham kind of explains than just going retail, retail shopping and kind of filling that void that way. So he suggests one way that you can kind of find lasting happiness is through maintaining positive relationships and developing new ones. Yes. So this whole section in in, in developing uh, lasting happiness, uh, I think it kind of just overarching it. It's it's making change in your life. I mean. It, or, or it, doing more constructive positive things but but it's make it's making a change and that's never easy like change is, is something we tend to resist even if it's for the better i don't know if you guys have had, had those experiences where you you know i i know mike you, you had some roommates you lived with and and they i i know you had a roommate who was difficult and and, and actually i remember you saying the same thing courtney and removing that roommate was uncomfortable but it led to, uh, I'll say, happiness. Yeah, I, I agree. I think all like whether it seems good or bad, I think change usually in the long run ends up benefiting you, and I think you end up growing from it. Like, like, like would you say if you're gonna fix a a control or or a problem, you're gonna have to go through some discomfort to get to a good place? For sure. Yeah, oh, definitely, I, definitely. But then I I think you grow so from you'll that, know, that change. Yeah, but you'll know if if you've if you've actually implemented lasting happiness is if you've went through discomfort. If you've if you've done something, if you change something in your life and say, "Oh, this is going to fix my problems," and, and it was easy, chances are it's not going to be lasting. 
Yeah, and no, I'd have to agree with that. And 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 that kind of stands true to the other things within this list of kind of what you can do to create that happiness. So then uh, the next one is incorporate daily meditative meditative and reflective practices. And again, that that takes dedication to stick with it. Um, another one is choose a more active lifestyle. Again, the same thing: staying motivated, staying committed. Um, another one here is set challenging but not impossible goals for yourself and work toward them daily. And the last one here is downgrade the digital distractions and live more in the moment. And you know, the digital distractions, if you think of a digital device, it represents, when you look in that window on your device, it's something that's happened or it's something that's going to happen. It's never right now. Would you guys agree? Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I mean, think of I, a text I like... Message. I, think, think of a text message. If you get a test message, it's about something that's happened or it's about something that's going to happen. It's never about right now. And then stuff like social media is it's about stuff that's happened in the past or Well, and and I that's a, it's a great it's a great point, Trevor, because when you think of social media, when you think of texting, it's it's considered this um this this instant communication tool where where it's it's not like email it's not like it, it it's very it's very instant but at the same time it's 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 not at all I mean you can I can text someone and ask her how they're doing and that's kind of in the moment but the text is but never if, immediate It'd be, uh, not as immediate as it would be in in face to face but even if it's immediate like even if you're reading a news feed it's about something that happened or something that's going to happen it's never about the moment you're li- you're living right now. And that's, that's, how, that's why digital devices are so distracting. So, for instance, a book. A book is right now. You know, if you're reading a fiction, a story, you're read, for, for you, for the purpose of you reading this book, it's happening right now. You know what I mean? It's, and I think uh, digital devices are, are we're going to look back in, in history and say those things were very destructive. So From a, to guy, kinda... from a guy who is, who is addicted to iPhones. <laughs> Yeah. So to because we are called Simple Money Solutions, we are kind of at the what Trent Ham calls is breaking the chain. And these are the solutions that Trent has kind of laid for laid for us. And the first one he has here is use a 30 day challenge to your benefit. So so really kind of create this detox where you where you don't you kind of break that habit in a 30 day challenge because they say how many days to break a habit? 30 days. I it was 30 21. days. Is it 21? Well, it might be 21. Okay, either way, 30 you know, days is if better. You, can do it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's things I've done, this is a good one with food, is if you want to eat a healthier diet, don't don't take something out of your diet. Tell me if you guys have tried this. Just add something healthy to your diet and don't stop eating that thing for 30 days. So just eat a salad every day for 30 days. And I the bad food will 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 lose its place in your meal yeah, because I agree with the, that. the the salad is so it, it's everyone uh, whenever someone's trying to lose weight or, or eat healthier they're always thinking of what can I get out of my diet and I've tried that and it, it, deprivation that's what that is it, it it always leads to misery and, and negative thoughts just add something so healthy and I guarantee the bad dilute the bad with the with good stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. So the next point here is to reevaluate relationships that encourage retail therapy. So again, maybe you have friends, maybe a family that encourages behavior that do it with you that 
that that even talk about retail therapy as a solution well i know if you want to you know become mike's best friend <laughs> you'll never go shopping again <laughs> mike are you taking uh, applications for uh, new best friends uh yeah any anyone who likes shopping for me uh please do it <laughs> no but to, to the to this point if you had befriended mike and you said hey do you oh, want to go shopping I, I see what, you're saying. what would you say now I, I would say let's not go shopping. But now if you want to do my shopping f- on behalf of me, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, no. Yeah, it, different it, so being as, your best friend is a win-win. Instead of going for a, a hike or, you know, watching a movie, you want to go and uh, go shopping, I would be like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I find it crazy. There's Like that's a thing that people do as a, a pastime is go shopping. I just... Yeah, well, so like surround yourself with people who want to go uh, hike trails rather than hike them all. But but Mike, to your point though, I mean, we we like, I mean, I I'm in Ottawa as well, and and the there's the the Rideau Center, or even the Eaton Center in Toronto. This massive kind of this massive monstrosity that that people kind of gravitate to. They they meet there. It's kind of this. It becomes a social thing. Oh, let's go to the mall. You know, when I get together with my family, we, we tend to meet in parks in, in, instead of malls. Mind you, in the winter, that's hard, but in the summer, we do. So, yeah, I definitely, even just kind of shifting shifting the focus away from kind of that, the, the mall to the, to the park is definitely a positive move. So there's two more left, and what you can do instead to kind of break the chain of retail therapy, and the second last one here is take control of your own daily stress levels with a healthier daily routine. So Tranham says here, cut out unhealthy things you deal on a daily basis, um, like eat unhealthy foods or drink to excess or smoke, and adopt some healthier routines instead. So here's something I've, I've, I've done in my life for quite a few years, and I've witnessed people who don't. And so I get up an hour before I have to actually start getting ready to get to, to go to work. And I, I spend that hour leisurely making my breakfast and drinking my coffee and reading the news. And just, it, it almost feels like a weekend until all of a sudden the time strikes that I have to take a shower and get dressed. And then I, I get to work and I'm, I'm pretty laid back when I get there because I've had such a... a leisure morning but I had to get up an hour earlier to do this and then I see people at work and they're they're rushing in and you can see in their face they're just exactly they're just at the end of the rope they 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 just made it there on time and you can imagine they got up you know in their day just started boom 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 all these things they had to do get to work and their work is full of a whole bunch of things you have to do my day started out with just an hour of leisure but I had to get up an hour early do it so I had to means I have to go to bed an hour earlier to do that but that, to me, has paid so many dividends. And to me, that sounds like you're kind of in control at that point. Like you're like, obviously, those other people, they, they don't feel like they're very in control because they're rushing around just trying to keep up and, and get to work on time. I, that's a great point. That's a great point. I start my day with control. I, I love that. That's exactly what happens. I never thought about it that way, but you're right. So the last one here is make shopping more in inconvenient. And Trenham says a strategy for that is to leave your credit cards at home. And Trevor, I know you've talked about this as one of your strategies to kind of avoid even thinking about buying anything. Well, it sounds counterproductive to leave your credit card at home and then go shopping for something. But you end up giving yourself this this sober second thought. You know, do, by the time you get home and you say, you know, if I'm willing to get back in my car and drive back to the store with my credit card, 
I must really want this thing. And, and it must, it must, it must functionally add something to my life if I'm going to go through that kind of effort. You know, it wasn't on a whim. So or, or even, I, I don't know. Even that whole thing of like um, allowances, I know we talked about it, that in the past, is like if, you, if you're saving up over a period of time saying I get $20 a week and I'm going to save this $20 to buy a new iPhone, then you know that by the time you, you've saved up enough, you've thought about getting that iPhone for long enough that you had that sober second thought and that it's something you actually want to get. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way of approaching it to save up for it in small increments and then you have that time to really think about it. And, and then I guess... You you have to all the discipline it took to save that money. You have to ask yourself: Do you really want to spend it on an iPhone? Well, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's a crazy question. No one's gonna. So, Trevor, Mike, I think this brings us to the end of our episode on retail therapy. But before we do end it, do do either of you have any final thoughts or takeaways to kind of end this show on? I, I go back to my thing about the crocodiles and kittens. You know, retail retail therapy is adding kittens to the crocodile kitten problem, and and it's only short term. It's not going to it it it's it's not solving your problems. It's just medicating them. And to back that up, I'll uh I'll say get to the root cause. Um, like like don't try try to smother the fire. Don't just try to take a let it burn out. And on that note, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode on retail therapy and shopping. If you have any thoughts or you want to share your experiences or, or maybe maybe you're a, a kind of a retail shopping therapy, you've overcome that and, and now you have more positive ways to kind of deal with control and, and to gain happiness, let us know. Send us um, an send us email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com or even hit up our contact submission form at our on our website livelifesimple.ca we love hearing from you and uh, we'll definitely read all the reviews on an upcoming show thanks again for joining us this week and we'll see you back next week with a new episode until then keep it simple